Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I finally watched this wildly popular documentary that Amazon published. It's called Shiny Happy People. It's about the Duggar cult or the cult that the Duggar family belonged to. Evidently, this family with 19 children weren't just very fundamentalist Baptists. They belonged to a cult led by a man named Bill Gothard. And the new documentary by Amazon exposes the abuse inherent to this cult. So what we're going to do today is we're going to talk to Joel Berry. He's a man who escaped this cult. He survived it. He's going to talk to us about his experience. He's going to talk to us about the child abuse that was inherent to the teachings of this cult. He's going to talk to us about the weird sex practices that also were inherent to the teachings of this cult. And he's going to talk about how he escaped and how he maintained his Christian faith despite this traumatic experience. So let's get to it. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So today we're going to talk to a man who actually escaped the Bill Gothard cult. We'll talk about the definition of a cult because I know even that word, there's some controversy whether this is a religious community, whether this is a cult. But this is Joel Berry um, grew up in this and he is no longer associated with it. So we're going to sit down with him and talk to him about what it's like, what they taught, what his experiences are, compare his experience to what was portrayed in this Amazon documentary, Shiny Happy People, and get his whole take on the entire controversy. I mean, the, the eyes of the nation are upon this right now, not just because of the Amazon documentary, but because we've been following, this country has been following the Duggar family for the last probably decade and a half. They're wildly famous. They have universal name recognition. So Joel, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. I know this isn't an easy topic for you to talk about, and I'm really glad you're here. Thanks for having me. And I'm, I'm happy to, to have the chance to, to talk through it a little bit. And by the way, I know a lot of people that are listening and watching this show are going to be like, wait a second, I recognize him. I recognize his voice. I recognize <laughs> his face. And if you're feeling that way, you are correct. Joel is also the managing editor at the Babylon Bee. So maybe you didn't know that he grew up in the Bill Gothard. Um, I am going to call it a cult until we discuss that. Just just to put that caveat yeah, on it. Sure. Maybe you didn't know this about him. I didn't know this about him either. I mean, you and I have been friends on Twitter <laughs> for years, and I just realized yeah. this was part of your history. Maybe last week we were talking about it, and I said, do you want to come on the show and discuss this? You told me that you watched the Amazon documentary, Shiny Happy People, and you said it was hard to watch. 
Yeah, it was. It, it's um, you know, and I've I've talked to my wife about this uh, over the years. You know, I think the first ten years of my life, there's a lot of uh, almost just like black areas that I just have kind of blocked out for one reason or another. Um, you know, uh, and watching that documentary um, last week, just it, a lot of it came flooding back in a very unexpected way. Um, some things that I just kind of long forgotten. Um, uh, came back and, and it was, it was really overwhelming. It was, it was, it was a tough watch, um, because it is, uh, and you've seen it too, I understand, right? I have seen it. Yeah. I mean, I didn't, I didn't grow up in, in that I'm a practicing Catholic. I was homeschooled. So I feel like there were people <laughs> on the periphery of our homeschool experience that probably adhered to this. Although I honestly, even watching yeah. the Duggars all these years, didn't know that they were associated with Bill Gothard and with that that sort of religious sect or that that cult. It doesn't surprise mm. me now that I know. Um, were you, were, are, do you feel nervous to talk about this today, especially after watching that? <laughs> yeah, well, it was, um, I, I was overcome a couple times. I, I, I started crying watching it. Um, and I, I'm not, I'm not much of a crier. Um, but you know, it, when you when you kind of watch watch that that stuff and and kind of relive it a little bit, um, it can it can bring some unpleasant things back, and it can also help to kind of make sense of a lot of things you know um, in your life. You know, reasons you've made certain decisions, uh, the way your life has gone, the way it has. Um, so I, I think it's I you know those kinds of experiences can be good, uh, even though they can be painful. It's it's good to know, understand yourself, and 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 know. Um, I guess have a, a clear view of what God has done in your life and, and, uh, why you're at where you're at today. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it was hard and it's, you know, um, the whole, the cult terminology is weird because, um, Bill Gothard, you know, I guess for, for people that aren't super familiar with the Bill Gothard world, um, he kind of got popular in the seventies, um, after the sexual revolution, you know, there was a lot of angst, I think in this country as, as, um, the culture, the bottom of our culture just fell out and, and, uh, a lot of things went nuts, uh, you know, in the sixties. And I think, um, evangelical Christians kind of in a lot of ways reacted to that. And, and there was a lot of hand wringing and, you know, what are we going to do about this? How are we going to raise our kids in this, in this kind of this new world of, of sexual freedom and, and, uh, and chaos and, you know, moral anarchy. And, um, and so Bill Gothard, he, what he did was he kind of, he came along as this, this Bible teacher, who, um, who had the, this, this set of very practical, uh, clear and, um, and, um, so, you know, some, some wise things, um, that, that he taught, uh, that were kind of, he sold it as like these biblical principles that you apply to your life. You apply to how you raise your family, you apply to how you raise your kids. Um, and, um, I guess we can get into how it went South, um, a little bit later, but I think the initial attraction for a lot of people was, the angst that you have with your kids and the world that they're growing up into, which I relate to, I, I have five kids myself and I think about what they're going to, how they're going to grow up, you know, and, um, here comes this guy who says, uh, I have the answers. I have, I have this, you know, ABC, this bullet pointed list of how you can raise perfect kids who are going to, you know, uh, stay in the faith into adulthood, um, and, and fight the good fight and, you know, uh, fight the culture wars and, and take back our, our country and our, our nation, you know, our, our culture for God. And so I think that, that, that hook is, is very attractive. I think it still is today. 
Um, but the, the whole cult terminology is weird because, you know, um, it wasn't, it's not like we lived on a compound. Uh, we didn't wear white robes and live in the woods and, you know, uh, have weird ceremonies and stuff. It was just, it was this guy and he had this curriculum. It was called, uh, uh, oh gosh, Institute of Basic Life Principles. And, um, it was comprehensive. I mean, it covered everything. I mean, you, you, it had a homeschool curriculum, which we did. Um, it had books for how to raise your kids, how to spank your kids, um, how to, how to date and to court, um, you know, how to choose a husband, how to choose a wife, how to deal with abuse. Um, and, uh, people got really sucked into it. And, um, I think when I came up in the nineties, um, I think was pretty well entrenched in, in the Christian world uh, at that point. Sometimes officially, sometimes unofficially. I think a lot of churches uh, were in one way uh, affected by Bill Gothard's teaching. Yeah, I think that's a good way to explain exactly what it is. I would err on the side of calling it a cult because, I mean, I yeah. pulled the Wikipedia definition of a cult right beforehand, and it says a relatively small group, which is typically led by a charismatic and self-appointed leader who excessively controls its members, requiring unwavering devotion to a set of beliefs and practices which are considered deviant. I think I think yes. Bill Gothard's teachings, I, this is my opinion, you have the experience, you can correct me if I'm wrong, it seems to me that it fits in this, but going back to what you said about your experience watching this documentary, before we even dive into your childhood, what it, when yeah. you say it made you cry a couple of times, what did, what did cause you to feel that emotion? Um, I think um, one of the things was, was kind of reliving uh, Bill Gothard's teaching on on how to how to raise your kids and how to discipline your kids. So there was there was this book that that he endorsed that was a very much a part of that culture that almost every parent in that world used, which was called "To Train Up a Child." And um, the idea behind it was that you're you're essentially um, the the phrase that was often used was that you have to break the will of your child, and it's you're almost like breaking them like an animal or a horse. Mm -hmm. And so you start with infancy. And, um, you know, you're, you train your child like to, they called it blanket training. So they would, they would put a baby on, on a blanket and they would put the baby's favorite toy nearby. And if the baby reaches for the toy, you're supposed to smack, you're supposed to smack the baby and you keep doing that until the baby no longer reaches for the, for the toy. And you're, you're essentially conditioning this child to, uh, respond to, you know, to pain and to input like, like an animal. And, um, and, uh, it sounds, um, I mean, it is horrific, but, uh, you'd be, you'd be shocked by how many parents did this. I mean, it, it like, um, it was everywhere. I mean, it, it, it and again, in this world, in, in my little section of the world, it felt mainstream. Like it didn't feel weird because everyone did it. Um, you know, and I think, it, it kind of turns your parents. It, it, one of the things that's emphasized is that, you know, discipline has to be, uh, you know, it has to be a loving thing. You're, you're, you know, you can't do it in anger. Um, it has to be a time of correction and you, you bring scripture into it. And, um, um, you know, and that part is in some ways that's good, but, but there was this idea of like you spank for everything and you're conditioning your child to respond to pain, but then you introduce scripture into it and like a hug, you hug at the end and it's just, it creates this really weird uh, dynamic where you're being abused, but you're, 
um, your parent is telling you, I love you while they're abusing you. And then that you hug at the end and then you, and then there's scripture, you know, involved. And so like scripture, you, you, you end up with this really weird association with scripture where, you know, I, I have, I'm one of six and, and, you know, I have siblings who, um, are, are no longer in the faith and, and they'll tell you that they'll hear certain verses and they'll, they're triggered just by hearing a, a, a verse of scripture because they associate it with that, that, uh, that past. And so, um, it's, uh, yeah, the, the, watching that and, and kind of remembering, remembering those days was very over overwhelming. Yeah. The phrase that you just said, break the will of the child is the part that makes my heart ache listening because that's not what, yep. that's not what godly and biblical discipline is that very quickly borderlines on abusive. So that's one of the main allegations from this Amazon documentary from people who are um, ex-members of this Institute of Basic Life Principles is that abuse was very inherent to this whole world. Was that, yeah. I, I'm maybe your personal experience, but also your observation, is that accurate? Or one of my problems, I will caveat this by saying, one of my problems with the documentary is they uh, it was obviously created by liberals who want to portray yes. <laughs> all homeschoolers, all Christians, all conservatives, all people with big families as being part of some weirdo abusive cult. And I reject that. Yes. I know that that's not true. Um, so, I guess what I'm asking is that is their portrayal accurate from what you observed and experienced, or did they exaggerate that? With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, well, I, I will agree with you that that documentary was created by certain people that have a certain agenda. And I think it's important to keep that in mind when you're watching it. Um, as far as what the environment was really like, I think it's a mixed bag um, because it, it really depended on the people who were in the program. Um, what the program did was um, one of the biggest emphasis emphases of, of Gothard's teachings was authority. And you have this famous uh, umbrella illustration that he would always bring out where it's this hierarchy and you have God up here. He's the upper umbrella. Then underneath it, you have the husband. Um, and then underneath you have the wife and underneath you have the children. And, um, you know, he, he always taught about this hierarchy um, of authority, which you know, has biblical parts of it. There, there are some biblical things of that, but it was, it was very twisted in the sense that um, he would always teach that if you do not, if you ever get out from under your umbrella, like if you're a wife and you get out from under your husband's umbrella or you're a child and you get off from under your parents' umbrella, then you are suddenly going to be vulnerable to Satan's attacks and you're, you're, you're going to be in grave danger. Your soul and your life are going to be in grave danger. And so it was this very fear-based thing. Um, and what it did was, I think, you know, when you have a, a, a teaching or a church or a movement that um, 
very much emphasizes or props up uh, male authority, um, that's not necessarily a bad thing, but, but I think that it, it can attract bad men who will then use that um, as, as a cover for their abuse. So um, I think that in that world, there were abusive men that, that used that um, as a cover for what they were doing. At the same time, I knew many families who um, had loving, caring fathers um, and, and never experienced that at all. Um, so one of our, one of our pastors was on staff with, with Bill Gothard and, uh, and I think even some of his kids were on staff with Bill Gothard at some point, um, who is a wonderful guy, loving guy, never, never saw any indication that there was any, any abuse or, or hurt or brokenness or anything. Um, and so I, I think it very much depended on the, the person and the, or the family that was in that, that world. But, um, I think it attracted, I think it attracted bad people because it was a, it was a, it was a kind of a, an infrastructure that, that gave cover to those bad people. What about the sex abuse aspect of it? So obviously the Duggars became the poster child for the Bill Gothard curricula or Bill Gothard belief system. And their oldest son, Josh Duggar, was convicted of possession of child pornography and sentenced to, I think, two decades in federal prison. And one of the things that this documentary portrayed, which is something I had read before the documentary even, even spoke about it, was that the structure of how Bill Gothard taught his followers to handle abuse, especially sex abuse, was actually to blame women. If a woman was not fulfilling her husband, then if he was unfaithful or abused someone, it was it was her responsibility. Is that exaggerated? Is that official teaching? And what was your observation of that? Um, no, it was. Um, I, that, I, that was very much a part of the teaching. That was. It was. Um, I think. Part of the teaching and part of the culture was that in an abuse situation, if you are abused, the, the first thing that you're taught to do is to ask yourself, like, where am I at fault in this situation? Like, what did I do to bring this on? Um, or how did I contribute in one way or another? And then um, the other weird thing that that was, was taught was that, um, you know, and I don't know where he got this in the, in the scripture. I'm sure he pulled some verses out of context or whatever, but what was taught was that if you're abused, um, you you need to keep in mind that, that, uh, people who are abused, uh, receive extra spiritual power from God Uh, is, I, I don't really know how else to say it is what it was taught was that if you're abused, um, God will give you some kind of extra spiritual power and you, and, and, and you'll experience some kind of super growth from your abuse situation. And so it almost created this perverse, um, this perverse world where, where abuse was almost fetishized or lifted up in a weird way. Um, I, as far as my personal observations of it, I didn't, um, you know, I didn't personally experience that myself or, or see it with, with my parents or, or, or other parents, but, um, um, you know, except for the whole discipline thing. (laughs) Um, but, um, the, I think it, it really, I, it's, it was a lot harder on, on the women and the girls than it was the boys. Um, it, a lot of pressure is put on women um, to look a certain way, to act a certain way, um, to, to like their responsibility, 
for the 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 souls of the men in their life if they, if they're being looked at with lust or they're being uh, you know uh, sexually uh, harassed or whatever um, they were the women were taught to to look at how they were contributing to that what am I doing uh, how am I dressing how am I carrying myself um, but um, the other thing too I think that that created this um, you know and I, I don't know how this played into Josh Duggar or, or that family, but, uh, Bill Gothard's teaching is very, I mean, you don't learn about sex. Like, like it is something that's not talked about in any way, shape or form. Um, and I mean, you have people getting married who don't, don't even know how sex works. Um, and it's like, and so like, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, you imagine, imagine growing, going through puberty and like through your teen years, kind of like in no man's land, not knowing like what's going, what's happening to you and and what all this means. And like, it, it was not talked about it. It was not taught in any way. And so I, I, I suspect that probably, you know, some of the things that happen are just kids like, tr- like th- their sexuality is, is coming out and they don't understand what it is and they don't have a healthy way to express it or, or talk about it. And so weird stuff happens, you know, I don't, um, it's, yeah. Um, it, it's just what it was. The, the culture was, was such that, um, you know, the, the number one goal for your kids is, is to keep them pure until marriage. And so, you know, you're like, everything that you're doing is, is, is directed towards that goal. And, and so it just wasn't talked about. You don't talk about about sex in that world. And it was, it was just, it, it created this really weird dynamic where there was sexual abuse going on. Um, you know, and you just, you couldn't talk about it and you didn't have a healthy way to address it or, or even understand it. It's almost hard to imagine going through teen years, not knowing how to properly order those feelings that it universally every human being feels. Um, yeah. Your experience. So your, your family was a part of this when you were born. Tell me about how long you were in this. I mean, one of the questions that I know I had for you that I, that I didn't ask you beforehand that I saved for this is, did you see things happening when you were growing up in your house or at these conferences or in these teachings that you thought, huh, something doesn't feel right, something doesn't seem right, and like, what tipped you off? Hmm. Yeah, um, I think, so, yeah, so my parents... Um, my, my parents were both saved, I think when they were around college age or they, I guess that's saved is a, is a very evangelical term. They became Christians, you know, for, if, if that's how you want to describe it. Um, and, uh, I think, um, I think by the time my parents were Christians in the seventies, Bill Gothard was very much a part of, of evangelical culture in America. And, and, um, and so I don't know how, they were introduced to it or, or how it got into our family, I think was part of the church that we were going to. The other thing too, to, to understand with this Bill Gothard thing is that, um, he influenced so many churches, uh, oftentimes unofficially, like these churches weren't Gothardite churches. They didn't have like the Gothard banner, but it, it, his teaching was so, um, like just intertwined through everything. Uh, we went to what are called independent fundamental Baptist church, churches. So they were, they were very fundamentalist, very kind of patriarchal, um, you know, the umbrella of authority. It was all through a lot of the teachings that we, that we, uh, that we were given. And and so, um, you know, I, I think 
my parents, my parents are smart. They, they didn't, um, they didn't drink the Kool-Aid very long, thankfully. Um, I think at some point I I remember my dad telling me that he started to kind of get a weird vibe when, um, uh, Bill Gothard, uh, was telling everyone to, to get rid of their beanie babies. Cause there was something demonic in the beanie, in the beanie babies. <laughs> and so my dad was like, hey, this is kind of weird. Maybe. <laughs> and so, um, my parents didn't stay That's in super like, weird. <laughs> yeah. It's a super weird. Well, I mean, cabbage patch dolls were another thing. I think there was this, in that culture, there was this, this suspicion that anytime something got popular, whether it was a TV show or a toy, um, we looked at that thing as like, that's Satan's next attack. Like how is Satan behind this some way to get to our kids? Uh, is there, are there demons behind it or is there some kind of, you know, uh, subliminal messaging or, or whatever? Um, and so, so yeah, I, my parents didn't, didn't stay in it. I, I think, um, I was, I probably got the brunt of it, uh, cause I'm the oldest of, of my siblings. Um, but at some point, uh, down the line, my, my parents got out of it. Um, for you know, for me, I, I guess I'm I'm, a, I'm God blessed me with a, a kind of a a bit of a sarcastic and defiant personality that uh, is probably what <laughs> makes me a good fit for the Babylon Bee, um, and I I tend to kind of uh, sneer at authority a little bit, just I guess just kind of how I'm wired, um, and so um, I always kind of had a bit of a uh, that posture toward it. I um, you know for a long time through, through my childhood, I, I, I felt like I, I bucked under it, I think. Um, I, so, so how, how I left was, um, I remember at some point I, I went to a very fundamentalist Christian college. I mean, this was a college where you had separate sidewalks for boys and girls. If you wanted to date, you had to go, there was a dating parlor where there would be chaperones watching you the whole time. Um, you know, all girls wear long, long dresses, the whole thing. It was, I went to that after high school, I went to this Christian college for a year. I, I flunked out cause I was lazy and, and, uh, you know, <laughs> I didn't apply myself. Um, and I got a lot of demerits because I was always like poking at the, you know, I, I was always kind of trying to push the envelope with the rules. Uh, I think I came within like six demerits of, of getting kicked out. So I came back home and I remember my parents telling me that, um, you know, Joel, I think that you should probably live at home with us until you find a wife. Um, like you're under the, you know, remember the umbrella, right? You're under this umbrella until you, you know, get out and find a wife and create your own hierarchical structure. You need to stay under our roof and live with us. And, um, and you know, and, and that's what you, that's what we think you should do. Um, and so I joined the Marine Corps. <laughs> I, um, I, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, in, in retrospect, I think part of, part of what drove it for me was that, um, it, it gave me a way to get out where like I had legal recourse. I went, I, I signed up to join the, the infantry without telling my parents. And I came home and told my parents what I had done. And they were very, they were very worried at first, you know, and, uh, and I, I basically said, sorry, I have to go. Like the, if I don't, I'm going to go to jail if I don't, <laughs> if I don't go and, and go to boot camp in, in four weeks. So it kind of gave me like this out where, um, I, there was no argument and I, I didn't have to really deal with like the conflict with my family. I just had to go. So, um, so I, I got out and, um, that, that was my, that was my real conversion experience. I think I, I, um, um, I, I left, 
home. Um, I went to boot camp, and I think within a year of boot camp, um, I was in Fallujah. So um, I was oh, overseas wow. for a year, and um, I didn't have church. I was taken completely out of my Christian bubble. See, so I didn't have church for a year because we were going, we were on patrol every Sunday, you know, um, in Fallujah. And, um, all I had was my, I had my little pocket Bible with me. Um, and so for a year I didn't go to church, uh, once I didn't have a Christian family or a Christian bubble, you know, to live in. All I had was the gospels. And, um, and, uh, I read the words of Jesus and, um, I think for the first time I, I separated, um, who Jesus is and true Christianity from the world that I had grown up in. Um, and when you read that, that's all I did. I was, I, I read the gospels. And when you, when you read Jesus's words, I don't care if you're, uh, a progressive or a, a right winger, um, Jesus has something to say that's going to make you squirm, no matter how you look at the world. Um, the truth, it, like he has this way of getting right past all that crap and going straight to the heart of where, where the real issue is, you know, and, and where we stand before God. And, and Jesus's words were so compelling to me. And I, I thought, wow, okay, this is, okay, God's real. You know, this is, this is real. And, and that's, I, that's when I tell people I, I really became a Christian was during that year ironically, um, taken out of church and, and, and just reading the Bible for the first time. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As the nation gears up for another election season, tune to the first TV for the best coverage on television. Get an exclusive inside look at the American political machine with Sean Spicer at 7. Unmatched analysis and historical perspective from Bill O'Reilly at 8. Then a bold, unapologetic take from Jesse Kelly at 9. It's must-see TV in primetime every night on The First TV. Watch The First on DirecTV Channel 347, Uverse Channel 1220, or DirecTV Stream. You're making me tear up, Joel. You're making me tear <laughs> up with this story. This is one of the things, by the way, that I think sets you apart from some of the, I think they call themselves ex-Institute of Biblical Life Principles or Basic Life Principles. Um, the people that they featured on that documentary were oftentimes like blue-haired, pink-haired people who had completely eschewed the Bible and Christianity and all Christian uh, moral ethics. And you had, this actually, it is not just, it's not just those people. I mean, one of the most famous, one of the most famous evangelical I think he's a millennial, probably our generation. Joshua Harris, he was largely responsible for making so-called purity culture famous during um, yes. during our teenage years. I mean, he had this this devolution where he just dropped not only the purity culture and the the fundamentalist evangelicalism, but he dropped Christianity. But you haven't done that, or you mm -hmm. almost did it, but then didn't. And my question to you is. How did that happen? How were you not so traumatized that you 
that you had to disassociate Christianity. And how do you apply that if you're talking to people who are still in, um, who are still in that Bill Cawthard cult today? Hmm. Yeah, I, um, this is something I think about a lot because, um, in one sense, I, I, um, I think, you know, life circumstances and the, the kind of the things that happened to me were instrumental in, in keeping me in the faith. But at the same time, I just, I feel this, this tremendous sense that God just held on to me for one reason or another. And it's, and I wrestle with that. Like, why did God hold on to me? Um, why, why didn't he hold on to my, my sisters? You know, I, I, I have siblings and I have relatives who are, who are those blue haired, you know, angry, <laughs> angry people now. And, uh, and I don't, in one sense, I don't blame them, you know, like they're, they're very, they, they've been extremely damaged by, by what happened. Um, and you know, what I've observed, I think, is that a lot of people who left that world, um, they reacted so violently, um, that they almost, (laughs) they almost kind of got caught in, caught up in like the opposite just another cult just on the other end of the spectrum. Um, you know, I, that's part of what, why I rage against wokeness on Twitter so much. I, I I really see it as the left-wing version of Gothardism. It's, it's, it's a legalistic, uh, system that places a, puts a heavy burden on people's souls that has no, uh, redemption or, 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 you know, um, or rest. And, and I think the, the thing that, you know, you, you read, you read the words of Jesus, what, what did he ta- what did he say? He said, I'm pulling this up here. This is in Matthew 11. He said, um, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And I think, I think that that's, that is the message that people who are caught up in angry progressive left, leftism and wokeism, as well as people in Gothardism need to hear that, that there's this, there's this, uh, there's this other way that, that, that we're in which Jesus offers complete freedom where, you know, we can come boldly before his throne of grace that we're, we're not, we don't have to go through this hierarchical structure that, that, you know, whether it's, you know, Gothard structure or the, the intersectional, uh, hierarchy that's been created on the other side, we, we have direct access to forgiveness and to grace because of what Jesus has done, uh, for us on the cross. And I think that's, that's, that is the answer to all of this, whether you're on the left or the right is, is the gospel. And this is, I guess this is, how my political mind works when I sit here and I debunk leftist narratives and I'm talking about political narratives, I always think about, okay, well, what is the argument that really spoke to, you know, the Gen Zer who started latching on to queer theory or who started repeating critical race theory narratives about white privilege and white fragility and all of that? What is it? What is, what is the argument that got to them that ultimately convinced them? And how do I undermine that argument so that if they hear how I'm undermining it, it might cause the outgrowth of that to tumble. So not from your experience on the inside, is there a particular, um, verse, a particular willful misinterpretation of scripture that causes people in that cult to believe that Bill Gothard is essentially a prophet, that he is correctly interpreting and teaching scripture. And that if they understood the real translation of a verse or a series of verses, I mean, Bill Gothard's kind of famous for 
proof texting. Proof texting is taking a verse out of context to try mm-hmm. to substantiate something that is uh, made of man and not of God. Is there some area of this structure that he's built that can be uh, whittled away at that would reach these people? Hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think... Um, gosh... I don't know. Um, I, I I can speak experientially that that for me it was, it was reading the, the Gospels. I think that that that's something that that Bill Gothard uh, tends to shy away from a little bit. Um, there are a lot of hard sayings of Jesus uh, that don't have easy answers. Um, there are a lot of paradoxes in Christianity, and I, I think the the thing that that caused Bill Gothard to thrive so well is that he he shied away from from anything in the in the Bible that that didn't have an easy answer, um, and he shied away from those paradoxes because what he wanted to create was this 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 very nice neat uh, worldview that was internally logical and you could put a little bow on it and everything made sense. And it just felt very good. Like it gives you this nice kind of cozy feeling that like everything makes sense. Uh, there are no questions to wrestle with. Um, and, uh, you know, and all we have to do is follow A, B and C and everything will be good. And that's not, that's not the Christian life. I mean, that's, uh, you know, the, we are, we are people who, um, you know, going back all the way to, to, uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, we, we wrestle with God, you know, and we wrestle with those difficult questions and, and we, we, uh, we, we question in, in times of suffering and, and, and confusion. Um, and that, and, and yet we continue to walk forward. We continue to, to, to run the race and, and trust that our father, uh, knows best. And, and, um, and so I think, um, you know, drawing people, drawing people out of that world, um, you know, I, all I can do is, is, is show them Jesus because he, he's, he's, it's the most compelling thing that you can do. I, I think you can't, you can't deny that the, the, the perfect, uh, the perfect union of grace and truth that, that Jesus was, he never shied away from speaking very blunt and hard to hear truths, but he always did it in this amazing, uh, gentle grace that is very hard for us human beings to, to replicate. And I think that, the people that have, that escaped Gothardism, the ex evangelicals, the people who that went way off, you know, either left their faith or have gone in, into progressivism, I think what appealed to them um, is like this appeal to freedom. Like you know, they they've grown up in under heavy bondage and fear, um, and the appeal is like no, like throw all that off come over here with us and you can be free. Like you don't have to answer to these authorities anymore. You can be free. Um, and um, to someone who's grown up in that, that's a very compelling argument to make. But the, I mean, the scripture talks about that too. It's, um, in Second uh, Peter 2, uh, it says, they will promise you freedom, but they themselves are slaves of their own corruption. And so you're, you're essentially, you're, you're trading the slave master of Gothard to the slave master of your own flesh, you know, and you see these people who, who feel like they've thrown off the all authority and they, that they're free now, but now they're living in complete slavery to their, their, their lusts and their, you know, their appetites and their, uh, the whims of, of culture. And it's, it's, um, it's just as sorrowful and miserable and in just a different way. Yeah. To their sin, essentially. Is there anything that you would have added to the documentary 
shiny, happy people, anything that you experienced or observed that you think that people should know about anything? I guess I'm talking about like one of the, um, some of the crazy stuff or some of the stuff that people would be like, well, that's really weird or that's unbiblical. Is there anything that they didn't touch on? No, I, I think, um, I think it covered it pretty well. Um, I think obviously it, it, um, it, it very much overemphasized the kind of the fantastical and crazy elements. Cause that, for one, that makes for good TV and, and two, that's kind of part of what they were trying to do. Um, I think that they were, they, they did kind of do this extra thing at the end where they tried to kind of portray this idea of, uh, of Gothard as like, he's, they called it the Joshua generation. This is something that I even never heard of when I was in, in, uh, that world. Um, so that was new to me hearing it from the documentary, but this idea that Gothard's acolytes were going to infiltrate the highest levels of government and, and law enforcement and the Supreme court and the presidency. And, and that he kind of had this calculated, um, infiltration scheme to, to kind of take over the world. I thought, I thought that was a little bit over the top. I think, um, you know, everyone, uh, of all different, stripes, all different religions and belief systems. Everyone has people who, who they're trying to get their point of view heard in government. I don't think that's necessarily unique to Gothard or anybody else. It's just kind of what people do, you know? Um, but, um, I, th I think, um, I, I do wish they, they would have, uh, interviewed some people who, um, who were either still in it, um, or still on board with it. Um, or people who like me who have kind of escaped that world and are and are okay and and still believe in God, um, I would have liked to have to have heard that side of things because there's a lot of people like that. I, I know I know families who are who grew up in that world and everyone's okay and there was no abuse and uh, they all love the Lord and and they're they have great lives and they have great families. Um, so you know it wasn't it wasn't all bad. Um, but, uh, I, I thought the documentary did a pretty good job of, of covering the worst parts. Yeah, I agree with your criticism. I wish they would have had, I think actually one of the Duggar daughters who's married now, she just came out with a book, Ginger Duggar Volo. And she said that what she did was disentangle the biblical truth from the, the cult teachings that she was raised with versus the deconstruction mm -hmm. movement, which is completely abandoning Christianity. And I wish that they had had people like you, um, on there who, who represent that. I really appreciate you sitting down and talking about this day. I know it wasn't easy. We've been talking about it for a week or two. Um, this is heavy stuff. It's traumatic stuff. And the eyes of the world are, or, or at least our country are on this, this, and this particularly the Duggar family. Um, thank you. Do you want to tell people what your Twitter account is? He has one of the best Twitter accounts on Twitter, <laughs> by the way, I follow you. I love your stuff, but I don't I'm know your handle not, offhand. I Let me look it up. Are you yeah, I'm, I'm I'm not I'm a lot nicer in person than I am on Twitter. But um, my my Twitter handle is uh, <laughs> Joel W Barry, um, J O E L. Joel uh, w. My middle initial W and the, my last name is Barry. Um, but um, yeah, I uh, yeah you can follow me. Uh, you'll you'll hear me railing about wokeness and Gothard and whatever else I'm I'm uh, thinking about that day. Uh, you know, and I guess to to leave you with, you know, anyone who's listening to this, whether you're you've you grew up in that world or you're kind of watching from the outside. Um, I don't know. I, I, maybe I should have thought about this ahead of time, but I, I, I guess my, um, my main message, um, is to, if you're struggling with some of this stuff, um, disentangles a good word. 
um, there, there have always been, um, throughout human history, there have always been movements and, and men and leaders who have, um, taken scripture, um, and twisted it, uh, for their own purposes. Um, and I, I would encourage you if you're struggling with some of this stuff to, to open up the Bible and, and let Jesus speak for himself. Um, the word of God is powerful. Um, I think the, the Holy, I believe in the Holy spirit and I, I believe that the Holy spirit has the power to illuminate truth to us. We don't necessarily need, you know, some scholar to come and explain it to us. You know, I, I, the word has power in and of itself. So, so let the word of God speak for itself and come to your own conclusions. Um, and, uh, I, I, I think that Christianity can, if, if it is true, it, it doesn't need all this scaffolding to support it. It can stand on its own. And, uh, and so I encourage you to wrestle with it, uh, challenge it, um, uh, bring your, your hardest questions and, and your hardest struggles to God and, and, uh, and he can handle that. There you go. Follow him, twitter.com slash Joel W. Berry. And you, you read his headlines every day. Anybody who watch it or who, um, <laughs> reads and follows the Babylon Bee, that's, that's Joel. Among others, that's Joel behind that. Joel, thank you for being here. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Liz. Appreciate it. All right, guys, if you haven't already signed up for our brand new email newsletter, please do so at lizwheeler.com slash email. That's lizwheeler.com slash email. I can promise you will not be disappointed. Thank you for watching today. Thank you for listening. I'm Liz Wheeler. This is The Liz Wheeler Show. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.